Hey everybody, executive producer Jorge Palacios here. Just a quick note about this episode. So this is technically part two to episode five, which we released last week with our buddy Matthew. Episode six is on the way. It's going to be great. Um, and then, of course, episode seven will release next week. But a quick note about this episode in particular is a continuation of episode five. So we recorded a lot of content during that interview with our buddy Matthew, and we want to share some of that with y'all. This episode uh, is really special. It is actually just the question portions that we did cut out from last episode. It's not super long, but I think the questions are great. The answers are great. We had a lot of fun recording it. Episode six will come out in the next day or two. Um, that is also a very special episode. I can't wait for y'all to hear it. And then, of course, uh, episode seven will come out next week on schedule. Thank you all so much for supporting the podcast, for listening to us. We didn't plug very much in the actual episode. So, uh, yeah, feel free to uh, join our email newsletter, which will come out tomorrow. You can email us at lucanjorgepod at gmail.com to get added to that we have a spotify playlist that we're super excited to share with you all as well as some updates about what stuff is going to look like uh yeah thank you all so much um we're super 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 excited to hang out with all of you soon all right enjoy the episode visionaries creative geniuses modern day renaissance men these are not the words that people who know Luke and Jorge would use to describe them. They are best friends, shameless connoisseurs of the basic and the niche, and most importantly, two guys just being dudes. Welcome to Bad Jokes and Semi-Wisecracks with Luke and Jorge. Um, can I ask you all a question? No. Well... How about you ask me a question, and then if Luke gets jealous, he can answer. I'll probably get jealous. I have FOMO for days. <laughs> he's he's not lying. You're right. I'm not lying. That's real. I do lie on this podcast sometimes, like right now. I'm lying right now. But this was not a lie. The FOMO is real. Pass it on. Ooh. Here's here's a question that we have. Okay. So this is a, a bit of a doozy. Ooh. Uh, so basically the question is, how do I, uh, 22 male break it to my fiance 25 male that i don't feel ready to marry him because of finances write it on a note and then slip it under the door <laughs> and then leave for like a week and then come back <laughs> you know that was going to be my answer except i was going to say a month okay yeah yeah <laughs> right leave on a very long trip and maybe do not come back <laughs> and wait actually i need i need more information because is this um is this 22 male is in a good financial state, but 25 male is not? Well, I or can, is it the other way around? I can read you the, the, the body of this email because I read you the subject line. Okay. Let's get more context. So my fiance and I have been together for a year and three months, and we've been living together for almost a year. He proposed to me in August, and I said yes. I had my doubts at the time, but so, was so crazy in love with him that I cast him aside. He is terrible with finances. We're both artists, so that's never been a super high priority for me, and I'm no personal finance genius myself, but I've been consistently employed since I was 18, have some savings, and generally pay my bills on time. He's been unemployed for two years now, making ends meet by borrowing money from friends, very occasionally selling art, and most recently, receiving money from his parents, my parents, and me. He is disabled, uh, immunocompromised, and has been unable to work during the pandemic, so I don't fault him for this. 
However, he's been pushing for us to get married, even asking if we can elope, which I've said no to, and it's been giving me pause. He's being pursued by debt collectors right now, but never answers their calls or even looks into it. He buys a ton of stuff he doesn't need, workout equipment he sees on Instagram ads, stuff for hobbies he picks up and quickly loses interest in, etc. Also, he's accepting 600 bucks a month from his abusive mother right now, which is none of my business except his mother is offering the money under the belief that it's paying for his rent, which it's not. My parents are paying his rent right now. They offered to pay his rent in part so he could stop accepting money from his abusive parents. I've been feeling lately like the more mature one in our relationship despite being several years his junior. He's also been wanting us to move across the country after I graduate to New Mexico or Arizona. I said I don't want to move to either of those places, but he's still really set on them. And when I imagine being marooned in the desert with him, I feel dread and fear instead of excitement. Sounds like at least you have some conversations to have first. That sounds like a lot of conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I, my first response would be if it, you person who sent us this, who sent uh, uh, the podcast, I'm not involved in this at all, this lovely email, at the end you typed out, I don't want to marry him. How do I tell him? So clearly you're you're 90% of the way there. And if if you have doubts, you do need to follow your heart because this is forever. Even if you, you, you do you know, eventually get divorced, that is an option, but it is a legally binding contract that will make all of your property 100% his and all of his property 100% yours. So if finances are your worry, you know, I don't know. It seems like you know the answer already. Or like a massive prenup, the world's biggest prenup. It really sounds like the issue isn't money. It's Mm -hmm. like a lack of responsibility uh, Mm -hmm. and like a lack of ability to take responsibility. Sorry, an inability to take responsibility on behalf of the partner. So it really, it sounds like money isn't an issue. And it's not it's not that you don't want this person to be making tons of money. Like, you don't really care about mm-hmm. that. What you care about is being able to trust this person to, to be on top of their stuff. And it sounds like they're really not. And that sounds yeah. like it's going to lead pretty long-term to some issues if you continue to basically... I'm not saying you're enabling their behavior, but if you married them knowing these things without having a conversation, you would be. And I think you'd know that because you kind of said as much mm-hmm. that's a really good point like this sort of behavior is is probably not going to stop i i don't see anything in in 22 males email that uh that would indicate that this behavior might stop soon and i also had a, a thought it sounds like 22 male you are lying to your parents right now and that that will cause issues down the line because your parents think that 25 male is no longer accepting that money from his abusive mother but he is so in effect, you're both lying to your parents, and that's that's just going to cause tension from potential future sources of support down the line. Yeah, yeah. You you need to keep your support network close. You you can't push away your very loving and generous parents. Don't give them reason to uh, fracture that relationship. Mm-hmm. This person seems to care not care at all about money, and I am intending on marrying rich. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm a trophy husband, baby. Um, first of your name, what say you of the situation? It, you know, I, I would say more than anything is that you probably don't have to rush into anything. So like, you know, like if you're having doubts, probably like, don't get married. Like you don't have to break up or anything, but like, you don't have to get married right now today. You can like take some time and figure out the things that you have to figure out. Cause it sounds like there's at least one thing, if not a few things to figure out. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm. I feel like it would also, you know, if you're, like, resenting a little bit already that, like, you're having to do all the, like, 
adulty stuff, that's only going to get worse if you get married, if if nothing changes. Yeah. That's speaking as someone who's married, if you're not equals in the marriage, you're you're going to feel tension. That that's something that you need to set as an intention when you enter that uh that contract. When you make those long-term promises, you you do need to be equals or understand that, you know, there is a discrepancy. Um like how I intend to be taken care of for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or hey, your your prenup is gonna be massive. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope not. <laughs> yeah, uh, your your future spouse is gonna listen to this episode and be like, "Oh, gotta get that prenup going." Well, but again, I'm a trophy husband, and I I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow, that was that was really great. Yeah, that was really productive. We really said some words. I think we that was a great question. Thank you for sending that in. Uh, you know who you are. Yeah. I, I have one last recommendation for 22 Mail. I think you should purchase uh, a book by Manisha Thakur and Sharon Kadar called Get Financially Naked, How to Talk Money with Your Honey. And it's, uh, it was a wedding present to me and Kate that I have read the introduction of, and it was, it was very <laughs> kind. Was, was it a really thoughtful introduction? It was a very thoughtful and very kind introduction that... You know, it's just, you know, strategies for how to um, get comfortable talking about something that most people feel is very private with someone else. It's it's a book that, you know, it, it does directly apply to money, but it also talks about like through using mon- money as the uh, uh, as, a, as an allegory to talk about sharing personal things with with the person who's now sharing all of your life. And if you're considering getting married at a young age. Uh, like like I was when I got married, I, I think you should read that book, or at least its introduction, because its introduction helped me. Can I can I ask one last question, mm-hmm. Matthew? Do you do you enjoy being married? I do. You know, I I actively enjoy being married. Wow. That that's. I mean, you can you can ask me a lot of things about marriage. Um, I I haven't been asked if I enjoy it before, which is why I paused a little bit there. But yes, I honestly do. Wow. It's 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 an active source of joy. How great. Yeah. I um this is going to get sappy and if uh, and if it does I'm going to cut it. No. <laughs> uh your 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 marriage is a blessing uh upon uh obviously yourselves but many 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 people around you and uh, uh I'm grateful for your marriage. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm grateful that you were there. I'm you know you and I'm, your guitar. <laughs> Yeah, my little <laughs> acoustics that I played in the woods, and then suddenly a bunch of people showed up, and I got married. You got married. <laughs> I didn't. I did not get married. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it felt to me, though. You know, oh my gosh, <laughs> where did these people come from? <laughs> Why are they standing in a circle? <laughs> what is this cult? <laughs> yeah, if you walk, yeah. Into, you walk into the forest, you it is secluded, and suddenly you see a giant circle of people chanting and singing and holding hands that seems like a scary thing shia LaBeouf. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh that's been a while since i heard that one <laughs> it's good you should watch it again it holds up it really i guess really i will does. yep yeah luke i'm sorry you weren't there if we, i got married this year you would be invited oh thanks yeah. yeah we could have carpooled luke hey yeah <laughs> yeah somehow this is luke's fault <laughs> i'm sorry guys matthew next time you get married i'll i'll carpool with jorge <laughs> you got it well you, you can come to our five year we're we're planning on 
I don't know, we're tentatively planning on throwing a big party for our five-year anniversary, Ooh. partially because we decided to have a pretty small wedding. You know, it was, I think, 50 people, between 40 and 50 people. Yeah. So we thought, yeah, let's, once we actually have some cash, let's have the traditional big party. So nice. you can come to that one. Great. I it's, This is funny. I had a plus one to the wedding and I didn't come up with a plus, plus one to the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you weren't the only one. So we budgeted for more people than showed up, which yeah. is kind of nice. I'm glad it wasn't the opposite. On that note, I have I have one question for you two, Ooh. and it's a it's a self serving question, um, because I I want to talk about my answer to this question. What is your <laughs> favorite airplane? Because um, I have a favorite airplane and it's amazing, and I had never heard about it until like a month ago. You're you're so enthusiastic about this. I want to hear about your favorite airplane. Okay, well I'll tell you about mine, and then you can tell me about yours. Um, my favorite airplane is the uh, the Boeing P eight. Okay. And if you have you heard of the Boeing P eight? Not even no. a little bit. It is a super modified seven thirty seven that hunts down submarines from thirty thousand feet. Wow, that's and if neat. that's not enough to like make your eyes gape wide open, then then we don't have a lot in common. <laughs> so how it's does, it's a how does it work? It uh, it has torpedoes inside it that have uh, been converted. I. Look at its Wikipedia page, and you'll get more details than I can remember off the top of my head. But um, it carries torpedoes in its butt, and it can launch them. And then they glide down until they hit the water, and then they go towards a submarine. Wow. And the other things that it launches are um, uh, things called sonobuoys. Have you heard of a sonobuoy? No. No. It's I hadn't either until about three months ago. Uh, a sauna buoy is something that you drop in the water and then it sends out sonar pulses and sends the results back to whoever dropped it. So it, it could either be active sonar, sending out pulses and listening for the echoes, or it could be passive sonar, just listening. And then it sends the, the results back. So you have this 737 flying around, dropping these buoys. Some of them are on the surface. Some of them are 100 feet down. Some of them are 500 feet down. And they're all listening. And then you triangulate where the submarines are. And then you drop your torpedo and it poof, takes it out. Thirty thousand feet. Wow, that's so. Wild. These these planes are like brand new in the the aviation world. The first one flew in two thousand nine. That's wild. It's a very very cool plane. The USA operates it, and so does I think Britain and India. You know, everybody wants this plane because it's really cool. That is very cool. I don't know anything about planes, um, but I have a friend <laughs> whom I won't name because I didn't ask if I could. Um, but uh, he talks to me about planes a lot because he knows about planes and he works with planes. And he mentioned, I think, something called an otter, maybe, that skydivers jump out of. Ooh. Um, so that seems like fun. Uh, one flew over the other day when we were hanging out, and he was like, I think that's the otter. So I'm going to go with the otter. Whoa. That's my favorite plane. That's a cool Don't segment. ask me Never any questions. Me neither, except for this thing. Okay, right follow-up question. Yep. I'm just kidding. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Wow. I My favorite planes are uh, working planes. Good Great. old working plane. They're the planes that drop the water on forest fires. Mm, mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big, big fan. Uh, those are important planes. Those are important planes. They're necessary planes. I guess the Great Plains. The Magic the Gathering planes? Mm. Yeah. I'm a big fan of like personal planes. Uh, planes that do the, 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 the water thing over forest fires are very important, and I love them. I mean, they're my number one. But number two is the kind of plane, I don't remember what it was, but it was a personal plane, and I flew it with a certified Ooh. pilot. He let me steer, and he also let me land. Wow. 
He let oh, me land. that's fun. Yeah, he showed me how. He, he was like, I'm going to pull the thing out, but you're going to actually do the descent. And I was like, well, you're gonna, I'm going to do the what now? Wow. <laughs> uh, and he's like, don't worry. And I was like, all right, well, if we die, it's my fault. Sorry, <laughs> in advance. And then we did it, and it was great. No pressure. <laughs> it was actually so much fun. I did I did have to do two attempts, but on the second attempt, I was got us on the ground. Nice. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. It was, you know, it was so many years ago, but I remember it like it was yesterday. Wow. Related question. What is your favorite plane? But not not the airplane. Which uh which of the planes associated with the nine core alignments of D D is your favorite? Mm. Is it the 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 three heavens, you know, of the, the lawful good? Is it pandemonium of chaotic neutral or whatever? Is it Arcadia? Which is your favorite? The... Arcadia, that's like the lawful neutral, isn't it? It's a or, or it, no, it's the chaotic good. Chaotic good, okay. Yeah, that's where the L's go, I think. No, um, I'm. I'm you need to look up this chart. I'm a big fan of the astral plane. The glue, the glue. that holds it all together. Yeah, D and D space. D and D space. I love it. I love D and D space. I've been to D and D space yes. a few times. A few times. Yeah, I'm a. I don't know if you can tell how much I like D and D space. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it comes up a lot in our little campaign. Right, it has both real and uh, spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think I know enough about the the D and D lore to know which plane is my favorite plane. I found it. It is the the Great Wheel cosmology is how you, what you need to oh, type yes. up in Google Ooh, to find yes, it. Yes. Like that Journey song, the Wheel in the Sky. Yeah, it keeps Wheel on turning. And the sky <laughs> keeps on turning. That one. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's a bunch of planes. It's because it's more than just the nine. It's like uh, Mount Celestia is the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, I forgot. I think there's there's planes that are halfway between two alignments, and there's no neutral plane. Oh. So that makes what would that be? Sixteen total. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think I think genuinely I think the abyss is terrifying. But it's like lore, the lore of the abyss, specifically mm-hmm. the lore of like between the abyss and the nine hells that they're like connected because yes. of shenanigans. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love so much. And as Modius, and the residents have beef with each other because of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Demons yeah. keep getting into the nine hells and the devils are upset about it. And they're like right. sending like generals back and forth to fight it out. And like Asmodeus is having none of it. Like, I think that's so funny. It, it's, it is funny. Yeah, well, and like the funny. demons all in the abyss, you know, have beef between each other because because it's chaos. So they're right. all trying to grab as much power as they can uh, in the infinite number of lay- levels of the abyss that exist. They're all just trying to get as much of the pie for themselves as they can. Uh, so there's infighting there, but they they have one common enemy, who which 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 are the devils, uh, who are like so organized in the most mm-hmm. terrifying way possible. <laughs> uh Man, I could talk lore for days. <laughs> I could too. There, there. You know, I have a, I have a more clear answer on which of, which of the nine hells is your favorite. We might have to cut this for the kiddos. Which of the nine hells is your favorite? Which of the nine hells? Ooh, yes. are these the nine realms that I'm what? the lord I sure of? Hope not. If you are, I, I hope you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let me see. I don't remember the name of the nine hells, but I do have that book. I don't remember the names either, but I know there's a fungus one, and that one's the best. Ooh. I like the the one that I think is my personal favorite uh, is, uh, yeah, Cania, which is the, like, ice plane right before you get to the very bottom mm-hmm. in Nessus. Because Avernus is whatever. It's kind of a free-for-all. No, my favorite is, is the ice plane that's, like, 
one of the lower down ones. And because you know, gotcha. when you think of when you think of hell, you don't think of a place that's very very cold. Right. Um, that's true. But I I definitely do having lived in Colorado for most of my life. <laughs> 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 Again, my people are from the desert. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have Minal a favorite Rose hell. is apparently the one I'm thinking of. You know, that's that's probably fine. That maybe that's good oh. even. Well, thanks. Maybe one day I'll be more educated on the on the things and then I'll have a favorite hell. We can talk about lore. We can watch a video on lore after this if okay, you want. Okay, great.